Greetings, leaders. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Leadership Is Podcast. I am your host, Jason Muhammad, founder of JM Leadership Consulting. Today's guest is Stephanie Swepson Twitty, who is the CEO of Eagle Market Streets Development. And we will be discussing today building sustainable black and brown businesses. What does that look like? Let's talk about that today. All right, so welcome to uh, Leadership Is Podcast. I am your host, Jason Muhammad, founder of JM Leadership Consulting. And today's guest we have with us is Miss Stephanie Swepson Twitty, uh, who is the CEO of Eagle Market Streaks Development. And uh, Stephanie uh, came to Eagle Market Street Development Project uh, in downtown uh, a few years ago. Uh, she's shepherded the project for you know the, over 15 years, and uh, the project's mission is uh, trans. Uh, the project's mission statement, rather, is transforming individuals into assets, investing in sustainable, personal, and economic and community development. Welcome, Stephanie. Good morning, Jason. Thank you so much for having us this morning. Absolutely. Thank you for honoring us with your presence. Um, so, yeah, we have seen uh, quite a few developments that have taken place uh, with you at the Eagle Market Streets uh, development with the the building space and the um, the apartment units and, you know, uh, those developments. And so is there anything that you would like to you know, let our audience know about you uh, before we continue. So um, just a brief um, background. I came to uh, Eagle Market Streets by way of banking, finance, and retail. And um, my last assignment before joining Eagle Market Streets was with United Services Credit Union, which was also my first introduction to not-for-profit um, industry. That's significant, Jason, because it defines, overscores the mission work that, that I've been doing for the last almost 20 years. Uh, since I left the credit union, uh, having both the financial um, lens and compliance understanding along with this amazing understanding of people need people, I was able to really settle into uh, community economic development, not-for-profit industry um, in, in a unique way, I think. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. I didn't know that you uh, came from the the backing uh, the banking pardon me uh, background there. So that's that makes sense now. You know yeah. where where your your your, uh, your your drive comes from as it relates to development and, and financial development as well. Thanks. So yes, ma'am. If you can tell us uh, the historical business importance of Eagle Market Street. Yes. Eagle Market Streets or Eagle Market Streets District, as it's known by the um, city and county, um, rests in the oldest African-American commercial business district in the country, um, comprising of Eagle and South Market Streets. However, it's notable to say that the district actually once covered Eagle 
um, South Charlotte, Ashland Avenue, McDowell Street, all the way over to what is now known as Shiloh was the district. And all along the district, you had dense housing and business population that served the African-American community from about the 1950s till about the 1970s. Wow. So you're, so you're trying to tell me that I, I'm not a native of, you know, North Carolina at all, but, you know, I love this, these mountains area here and I love, you know, Asheville. Uh, you, you're trying to tell me that you say like in the fifties f- from uh, Eagle Market Street, where it is now, to Charlotte Street, all the way going towards Shiloh, was all geared towards uh, African American businesses and and homes. Yes, yes. Wow. Uh, McDowell Street, which used to be known um, as um, or where McDowell Street is now, that um, area was known as South Side. Uh, it's now South Slope. Um, but yes, all of the uh, MLK Drive, all of those areas were heavily populated with African-American residences and businesses. In fact, in 1972, when the urban renewal came through um, just on Eagle and South Market, um, there were about, and South Charlotte, there were about 72 residences, conventional residences, and about 50 small businesses that were displaced during uh, urban renewal. Wow. Wow. So, you you know, every now and again, when I'm doing these podcasts and interviewing people, uh, somewhat have a tendency to get off script. And uh, (laughs) I'm introducing you into one of those those ways, because I really kind of want to pull more out of your answer with that. So were these communities business and, 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 and otherwise, were they thriving businesses? Many of them were thriving businesses. Absolutely. There was a dry cleaners. There was a laundromat. There was a convenience store. Um, there was a, um, um, and uh, entertainment, and of course, uh, you had your barbers and and your hairdressers that were um, prevalent uh, in in the area as well. And I would wow. push back a little bit and say that all of this history uh, informs us in a way, particularly as we talk about housing and business development, community economic development, that those things so dovetail each other that, that it's hard to split them, Jason. So you're on track this morning, sir. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Yeah, that's some very rich history. I think that we need to kind of explore more of because uh, that's that's really like, okay, so I know that you got involved <laughs> in Eagle Market Street, you know, over... 15 years or so ago, but, but what set the root of why, why did you get involved in the Eagle Market Street development, you know, you know, now over, over 15 years ago? Right. Well, I had some expectation that the work I was doing with United Services Credit Union, while it 
had some reward, that, that there was greater reward. Um, I mentioned a few minutes ago, I feel like my work with, mission, uh, with Eagle Market Streets is mission work as opposed to a job. Um, and rightfully right. so, because um, it is the overarching prevailing program thinking for Equal Market Streets is asset building and wealth creation. And in my work with the credit union, I could see that even though it was member owned and member driven at times, there still was inequity as it related to black and brown people and their ability to build assets and gain real wealth. So when I got an opportunity to join Eagle Market Streets and uh, a quick story about that, um, I joined Eagle Market Streets as an AmeriCorps member. I don't know how much of your audience is familiar with AmeriCorps, but it is a um, stateside, if you will, um, organization that sprang out of the Peace Corps that used to go offshore and work in right. foreign countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, AmeriCorps was, quote, onshore. Uh, so um, Eagle Market Streets was looking for an AmeriCorps intern, and um, they selected me. <laughs> my first day on the job, my, my or the then executive director brought this holy grail if you will to me it was a book about uh 500 and some pages deep and she said you just need to uh read this and um she didn't say read this section she just said read this oh like oh my word (laughs) and so Mm -hmm. uh, but i opened that book jason and i read the prefaces page and from that point on i never looked back I was absolutely in awe of what we could do in community economic development to improve the lives of it, of our individuals and, and communities. And so with that, we uh, joined the team and I um, AmeriCorps gave me an opportunity to go back to school and uh, be further trained in community economic development work. And um, when the then executive director determined to um, retire from that particular position, um, the board named me as their CEO. Very good. Very good. I remember being here in the 90s and uh, down in Eagle Market Street. And the, the, I remember there being a, a I don't know his name. I don't, I don't remember his name, but there was a black doctor that was even there um, in a certain area, not too far from uh, where, you know, 70 is uh, on Market Street there. So, yeah, and they seemed like to be the last man standing kind of sort of, you know, where there was used to be across from you. Uh, still a little club or something like that that was happening yep. uh, downtown there. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that uh, back in the 90s here. So, right. wow, the, wow, the wow. Doctor you're, the doctor you're speaking of is Charles Blair. Charles and Jeannie Blair moved here from yeah. Mississippi and uh, was one of the first black doctors to be hired at Mission Hospital. He... Um, 
owned and operated a small clinic in one of our properties uh, there on uh, South Market Street across from where Penny yeah. Cup is now. Um, and then the other property you were uh, referencing was Elijah Jones had a convenience store and cab stand and uh, eventually a parking lot where 55 South is now. Right. Right. Wow. That's some rich history, man. That is really some rich history. So, so, so as we, you know, frame, frame this around here. So why a framework for building sustainable black and brown businesses? Like why, why is that framework needed? So I think we alluded to it a, a moment ago when we talked about right. asset building and, and wealth creation. And so this great gulf of disparity that we have in this country around wealth and, and who holds it and why should others have a part in um, accessing it is um, at the precipice of where we are right now in terms of growing this country for the next millennia and to also lessen the burden of um, entitlement, as it's called, um, oftentimes I, I argue with, with entitlement because I'm not sure that it's not um, become a buzzword for, for people who actually have needs, not so much that they're entitled to it, but that, that they've been shut out of opportunity and now have a need that has to be met in some way other than through asset building and wealth creation. But um, mm. I, I would say at the um, 10,000 foot level, Jason, it is about being able to level the playing field in terms of healthy, thriving community through asset building and wealth creation. So how do we do that? Well, we know a healthy, thriving community has to have about five things that are essential to it. One is safe, affordable housing that is close to where people work. And these are in no particular order. We also have to have yes, jobs and job creators. So it's not just the jobs themselves that we need to be available. We need industries and small businesses that create jobs. For most of us, we need, um, if we have any anchor in our um, lives, we, we need a faith-based um, organization or some other social organization that we um, can avail ourselves of in, in times of, of need, we need arts and entertainment because people need to be able to socialize both where they have their grounding or their faith, but they also need to be able to socialize where they enjoy cultural entertainment. And then finally, we, yeah. we, we need stellar, innovative educational opportunity for, for each community now, and, and very quickly, that looks different based on the community. So in communities of color, um, you might have um, the YMI 
as as a cultural hub and you might have mount zion missionary baptist church as your as your faith anchor um, you have eagle market streets as a um, community uh, champion uh, trying to ensure that you always will have housing health care education jobs and a chance for asset building and wealth creation. Okay. Wow. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. That's good. So you have, that's, that's great. Five points there of, you know, building uh, and sustaining black and brown mm-hmm. businesses. And so, and it just makes sense because all areas of need uh, are covered, you know, for a thriving community, um, and, and these are community-based businesses. It would seem as if what we're actually talking about here. So that's absolutely outstanding. Um, what has been some of your major challenges and, and how did you overcome them as it relates to, you know, this framework of building sustainable black and brown businesses? I'd say the greatest challenge is um, a failure of um, partners sometimes to understand the work. Um, Eagle Market Streets operates an IDA, Individual Development Account Program, that offers um, small business. Uh, the target um, market is, is black and brown business. They offer an opportunity for you to um, save up to a maximum of $1,000, and then that $1,000 is matched by a sponsoring agent. And currently, our agent is the city of Asheville. Um, that particular program is exceptionally challenging because it requires investment from multiple entities, um, first from the business owner themselves that they um, would be able to amass. Um, we have a, what we call fast track program where you uh, make a single deposit of $500 and then you have about 30 to 60 days to make the other $500 to attain a thousand if that's your preference. Once you attain that $1,000, there's um, eligibility criterion um, that you must meet to, to be able to withdraw this money uh, or be participant in this money. Um, our sponsoring agent is the City of Asheville CDBG, Community Development Block Grant um, Funds. That those funds are tied to um, the Health and Human, uh, uh, excuse me, HUD, out of Washington, yes, D.C. And I bring this to bear because here's, here's the challenge. The challenge is, is to get someone from a deposit to actually attaining those funds is, is often... Um, a very, um, I apologize, <laughs> my, my, my words are, not, okay. are failing me for, for a second. I want to be careful here, but, but it's a, um, yes, a strenuous process. 
Um, and so all along the continuum of trying to do this, the receptivity or the sensitivity of both the business of Eagle Market Streets and of the sponsor is really necessary. And so oftentimes I find that yeah. um, in that mix of players, Jason, that there is um, not always, um, as the Italians would say, simpatico, um, you know, the, the business is in a hurry <laughs> to get their um, funds. The um, sponsor is um, dogged in their um, gatekeeping around um, compliance. And let me hasten to say, nobody's asking that we don't have compliance. <laughs> That's not, but, but, but that right. it would be so strenuous, that it would be so dogged is, um, is a challenge. And so, and finally, I would say that, that my other uh, kind of subtle challenge is, is the ability to be able to communicate to all the partners that Eagle works with the necessity of a community economic development engine in their city, town, county. Yes, ma'am. Very good. Wow, that's look. That's 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 a lot. And and so dealing with that. So within your closing comments, what can people do to help uh, eliminate some of that, you know, uh, challenge and or even to just contribute to the success of of your your framework for building sustainable black and brown. Well, thank businesses. you for that question. Uh, and and here's the. Uh, part we all like, if uh, particularly if you are in the black church, you, you love this moment where you get to say, "And now we can pass the plate." <laughs> so <laughs> yes, I think one of the uh, uh, easiest ways to support us is to uh, go to our website www.eaglestss.org and hit that donate button and contribute um, whatever is um, meaningful for, for you. Um, if we go back to, to the IDA challenge, um, part of that is um, that challenge is because it's a reimbursable um, opportunity for, for Eagle Market Street. So meaning that we need to spend the dollars before we can um, be reimbursed by, by the sponsor. So, um, and that's hard money to, to raise, Jason. So um, anyone that would like to contribute to Eagle Market Streets for any of our programs, and if I could have just a second to um, name the different programs that, that we have, um, we sure. have the Eagle Market Place LLC, which is uh, residential housing and commercial lease. Uh, we have the Incubate to Innovate program, which is also uh, commercial leasing, but it's commercial leasing at a below market rate um, opportunity. We have our IDA that I spoke about. We also have a commercial production sewing program, which you're familiar with. And we have, we act as a 
fiscal sponsor for fledgling not-for-profits and small businesses who are looking to solicit or, or raise um, dollars from, from grants. So with that, uh, with all that programming, um, and let me hasten to say too, Jason, that in each one of those programs that I just named, Eagle Market Streets has found an amazing opportunity to sustain those programs through fee-for-service. So, you know, um, yes, it's the old adage, we're not asking for a hand out, but a hand up. And so... Um, yeah, I would just say that uh, we, we're always looking for people to sit on our board. Um, Eagle Market Streets has been fortunate over the years that I've been with them to have 51 percent of their board be representative of the community that we serve. And finally, just to say that, you know, we're open um, to conversation and to thought leadership from the community and from others um, to help us better understand and do the work that we do. Yes, ma'am. Very good. Well, listen, it has indeed been an honor. Uh, Ms. Stephanie Swepson 20, CEO of Eagle Mark Street Development. And we look forward to uh, having, you know, more conversations with you. And so you're not going to be a stranger uh, to the Leadership Is podcast. Uh, thank you very much for your time, uh, for honoring us with your presence and enlightening us uh, with what it is that you do and inviting us to an opportunity to help. So thank you very much, ma'am. And thank uh, you, you have so much, day. Jason, for this amazing opportunity. I look forward to talking to you in the future weeks and months. Absolutely. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Are you promoting the right people into leadership positions? How do you know? How do you measure the outcomes and are they the outcomes you're looking for? Please visit www.jmleadershipdevelopment.com. Again, www jmleadershipdevelopment.com and request a half hour conversation to assess if we can address your leadership development needs. Oh, and by the way, always remember that leadership is influence and service. Hey, thank you for enjoying another episode of Leadership Is Podcast with our special guest, Stephanie Swepson Twitty, as we discussed building sustainable black and brown businesses. Uh, she gave us five points to ponder. Number one was with uh, safe housing. Number two is jobs and job creators. Number three, faith-based organizations. Number four, arts and entertainment. And of course, number five is stellar innovative educational outlets. I work with emerging leaders, high potential employees and students to develop and embrace a growth mindset for leadership. If you would like for us to do a presentation, keynote your next event, or for a free half hour consultation, please contact us at jason at jmleadershipconsult.com. Visit my website, www.jmleadershipconsult.com, or call us at 828-333-7234, and we will respond promptly. 
please subscribe to this podcast using the Anchor app or anchor.fm. Or you can use Spotify and Apple Podcasts using Jason A. Muhammad. Please follow us on social media. Twitter at LeadershipJM. Facebook and Instagram is JM Leadership Consulting. I'm also a member of MBEI or Mountain Business Equity Initiative, an organization that truly committed to addressing and filling a true gap for BIPOC communities in the entrepreneurial pipeline. You can visit us at mountainbizequity.com for more information. And always remember, leadership is influence and service.